In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. It's a 15-minute podcast, and I'm here with Ian Wright and Jack Duffin. I'm not even going to bother with the intro. We're going to get straight into it. Jack, what are we talking about today? So we're just going to touch on basically Njoku, Hooper, Rudolph, um, all this sort of tight end debate on sort of what are the different options the Browns have got, um, what that could mean, and everything going there. And firstly, I just want to start. It's not cut Njoku and sign someone else. That's farcical. Um, I, I think start with, for me, what is the most likely option? Most likely option, you keep David Njoku on the roster through this season. And then next off season, you go, look, we can only keep one of these guys. And the reason why you're only keeping one of these guys is because we only play two tight ends just under 50% of the time. So tight end two is a valuable position, but it's not a massively important position when you're only getting like 48% of the snaps um, for that role. So it's likely to come down to a decision next year when they go, do we want to keep Hooper? Do we want to keep Njoku? Move one of them on, whether you let Njoku walk off into free agency or you extend him and then cut probably rather than a trade Hooper. Yeah. Well, interesting um, fact, 76% of you don't want to sign Cole Rudolph. On the believe it or not, they don't want the Cincinnati native. The pride of Elder High School. I was really, I was really surprised with the Browns Twitter. I thought it was going to be more 50-50 than that. I think the confusion, honestly, Jack, and your thoughts on this is when we drafted Najoku in 2017, if we'd have had a guy like Hooper here then, right? So you're allowing Najoku to develop under a veteran like Hooper, you sequence the contract from Hooper to Najoku. The problem I think we ran into is Najoku's contract coming into this fifth year option from 2017, which was the year we took Garrett Peppers and Najoku in the first round. Now you have Hooper that overlays the last couple of years. So now Najoku coming into his fifth year, making $6 million is also in the prime of the Hooper contract. So I think that's what creates the, you know, the chatter, the controversy on the Twitter sphere. But at the end of the day, the Browns aren't pinched to where they have to get rid of them. It's more of, can we leverage a guy that's a blossoming tight end into a role that we can then fill something else? Whether, you know, I know we've talked about Andy Isabella's and the Michael Gallup's and the, you know, the other guys out there. Um, heck, the Saints really can't take much on, but Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, Stephon Gilmore. Like there's guys out there that teams are going to want to shed that help you win now that's in just a more important position. It's not a shot. I think the problem is, is a lot of people are confusing as a shot at David Njoku. I don't think people are taking this as a shot. It's more of, is there a, another need that we can fill trading from a luxury? So it's like, you know, in your fantasy football seasons where you're, you have a starting running back on your bench come week eight, you trade him for a position that's going to help another starting position. Yeah, you may trade a running back for something like, and you may work out something else, but I'm not comparing real football to fantasy football, but just give yourself the mindset of the Browns have other holes to fill 
and you have a relatively valuable piece if they see fit. And that's the thing. We don't know what they're thinking. The option is just available to them. Yeah. And it's, it's exactly that idea of going, Hey, if, if they're sat there thinking we actually want to keep Hooper more than this one next season, then they're probably going in has got to play out of his mind to get extended. In which case you do the sensible thing and you look around the league and you go, what other players on different teams are sort of in their final year. They're not looking to keep them. And that's why Gilmore and the Patriots, it's an obvious link there. If you then look to Dallas, Michael Gallup, probably not going to get ex- extended. They've got um, uh, Cooper. They've got a young player in CD Lamb. That's, a, that's another wide receiver that's probably not going to get a deal there. So that's the sort of play that you then go, well, look, let's look at switching that up. Because you're not sitting there going, Carl Rudolph, just to throw his name out there, is better than Njoku. Obviously, you've got the age and everything. But quite frankly, if you're going to move on from Njoku in a year's time, age is irrelevant in the grand scheme of it because it doesn't matter what his age is once he hits free agency that that's for the new team to decide not for you letting him go so it comes from that point of what do the front office want to do if they think actually we want one tight end one and the fact that Njoku has had injuries and other stuff really scares us because we don't want to rely too much on depth here we need someone that we can feel really confident is going to play 16 games every season. And that can play into the factors where they actually go, look, we'll replace Njoku with a free agent and we'll trade Njoku to get more value because, yeah, we can play the comp game and you might get sort of a, a fifth, it'd probably be a sixth because tight ends contracts aren't that much and there's probably going to be a load of people hitting the market again next year in free agency. Whereas... If you can cash in now, you can probably get more value for that in a trade. Um, yeah, you, you might send a pick and in Choku for Gallup, but you're getting a guy that is really, really good at wide receiver. Paul, overall, David Njoku, how would you summarize his time here in Cleveland? He reminds me of a rubbish roller coaster. Poor start. Great finish. That's a, that's a, unique, a unique analogy. But I think it's kind of, would have had a good start and a bad ending. So there we go. There you go. I, I do think Njoku made a very, very smart decision to buy into Stefanski's system. And I think that's what makes it very realistic. He can stick around. You know, I know that there's been a lot of chatter out there in the Twitter sphere about NFL roster is most likely to get purged and all these surprise cuts and it's going to be a bloodbath and all these other things. But what's odd is if you know you look at the PFF sites, if you look at NFL.com, if you look around the league at just people talking about potential roster cuts, none of them are Cleveland Browns. None of them. And, you know, you can look to all these other teams, whether it's, you know, the Alex Smith getting re- uh, released, Christian Kirksey, uh, Wagner. Um, I saw that, uh, Ertz's name has been thrown out there. You know, the saints are obviously purging people left and right. So, but none of these guys are going to be Cleveland Browns. So the Browns may be in a u- unique position where they can just sit back and go, listen, if we got to go with what we have in terms of this in the off season, we're good. But if, you know, say a guy like Jalen Smith or a guy like Anthony Barr or one of these guys comes out there and you're like, you know what? I don't mind that. I'll kick the tires on that. Then you jump in the water. But in terms of David Njoku, 
you know, this is a guy that seems to have responded very well to Stefanski's system. So keeping him is not a terrible thing. And if you're able to get something for him, you're also not a terrible thing. The Browns are actually in a win-win situation. How crazy is that to say? Yeah, the Browns are operating from a position of strength um, where if, if they get a deal they like, by all means, move them on and go replace them. And just to run through some of them names to replace them, obviously you've got Kyle Rudolph, um, who's said he would love to reunion with Stefanski um, there. And just to touch on Joker, well, his, his pass blocking really um, did improve last year. Then the other option is in free agency, you could go big. So you go for a bigger name and still move on Hooper in a year's time, but you decide Hooper's not the guy that we want to commit big money to. So there's names like Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith that you're not stopped from going after one of them. Just because you move on from Njoku, you don't have to go cheap at the position. You could bring in a Jonu Smith who is more talented than either Njoku or um, a Hooper. And then in a year's time, you just move on from Hooper. So that is certainly a situation they could take. What you're probably looking at is someone like uh, Jared Cook, Ferkska from, from the Titans, Burton from the Colts, where you bring someone in on a cheap one, maybe two-year deal, and then you're just happy to have them on that three to five million um, there. Or, or there's a wild card. Richard Rogers had a phenomenal year. It was PFF's tight end two. It was only on 274 snaps. And then the two years before that, he'd only played 53. But he had a really, really good season. And that might be one where they go, actually, we quite like Harrison Bryant. Let's bring in Rogers on a two-year deal. And them guys can compete over who's two, who's three. We're actually going cheaper at the position. But we really like what both of these guys can do. So th- there's lots of different options where they can go. And they're, all, they're always going to be listening out. There'll be players that they don't want to move on, but if they get a really nice offer, they think actually the benefits outweigh the negatives. But the key point that we'll keep driving, it's not, is it in joke or this guy's better? It's a case of the the replacement plus the trade that you get for Njoku versus just Njoku by himself for one year and potentially head into free agency. And an under the radar move the Browns made towards the end of last year, they brought in a guy, by the name of Jordan Franks. So Franks was a guy, if you remember right, they signed him, I want to say October timeframe, and they just brought him back on the futures contract. He was a former wide receiver at UCF. So he kind of has that Najoku six foot four. I think he's like six, four, two forty. If they look at this guy and they see, you know what, this guy has some upside. There may be somebody even within our own pipeline that they like, that they want to grow, you know, or you were talking about some of the names out there. I mean, you have guys like Mo Ali Cox, who's an athletic guy used to play basketball down there at the Colts. You know, you've got Jake, Butt, the Michigan guy, you know, there's a lot of names out there with guys, you know, we always see these, these Packers, they bring these guys in. You've never heard of, and you're like, how do they make something out of these guys? Because they only throw to them 20 times in a season and they catch 18 balls and they have five touchdowns. You know, Gerald Everett is another guy out of the Rams that I wouldn't mind. He's a guy that needs a little bit more of a feature role. He's not going to get it really with the Rams. So there's a lot of names out there to fill that stereotypical tight end two if they go that route. And I think we'll find out if the Browns were to have surprisingly uh, a surprising move. You know, could we see it in this area? Could we see it in the wilds? Who knows? Yeah. Don't and believe everything you read on Twitter, though. And also, ju- just to sort of back in Joku with this part, why I wrote about it last offseason. Why would a player like Njoku want to trade? Because even though it's a two tight end system, 
it's not a very friendly system for tight ends in terms of putting up bumper stats. Um, it, it just it's not an offense that you can look back at Stefanski two years ago. You can look at Stefanski last year. It's not one where you have a tight end that's competing at the top of the the numbers for receiving yards, touchdowns, things like that. So he he wants to get paid because obviously it's a life changing amount of money. Um, and yeah, if if he goes to a system which is going to elevate him or a team's going to commit to him as soon as he's traded, then you, you can't blame him. Um, he knows there's little chance of him getting paid long-term in Cleveland. Obviously, yeah, he could play out of his mind and they make a decision to pay him. But ideally, if you're a player, you don't want to play all the way till all five seasons of your NFL career before you're talking about, is there going to be a pay packet at the end of it? That's risky for, for him as a player. And yeah, it makes sense for him to ask for a trade. Lots of people blame the agent. Quite frankly, I think Njoku wanted out because... The moment they signed Hooper, the moment they drafted Harrison Bryant, they basically said to him, there's little chance of you being around here. And he I'll correct thought, that. I don't think Njoku wanted out. I think he wants the opportunity. And remember, if the Browns don't make the decision, Austin Hooper, he is one play away from an ankle injury. I mean, Njoku got flipped over in the Jets. You never know. Austin Hooper could have an issue. I mean, I know he had the kind of, what was it, the appendectomy in the middle of last year. One play could make David Njoku our tight end number one. And then all of a sudden, maybe the offense starts moving and hey, he takes off from there. So you got to remember, Njoku does have the opportunity here to thrive, you know, and who's to say he wouldn't outplay Austin Hooper. If Njoku finally puts it all together, he's a more athletic, better tight end than Hooper would be. He just has to be a little consistent with the hands. Anything else to add? I, I, I think we've more or less wrapped up. It's, it's not a case of Njoku or something else. The options on the table and the front office will make the best decision for them. Paul? Um, we've gone very analytical or very conservative with our show today, but do you think there's a freak chance that anything could happen? In terms of? Carl, Carl Rudolph coming in. Good connection with um, Stefan and then just cutting one or two of them tight ends. Just something crazy. I, I would say in the NFL, anything's possible. Yeah. A, a trade for Stefan Gilmore, tight end, they're desperate for him. Patriots, I think it was something like 13 snaps was their highest. Um, I don't know, 13 re- receptions, I think, was their highest tight end last year. Something insane targets. Um, so... They're looking for talent there and they don't want him to stick around. So I, I think that's a trade that makes sense. But uh, we've, it, would, we've it wouldn't shock me either way. Yeah. Hit time. So as always, I'm at Jack Duffin, D-U-F-F-I-N on Twitter. Ian, where can people find you? Ian19 on Twitter. And then Paul? I'm Paul Brown underscore Cleve, C-L-E for YouTube. Make sure you go and get a follow on YouTube. Can't wait to get my clubhouse in, though. And as always, go Browns. Go Browns.